right. Day 104. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. Yo, after today, we'll be more than halfway through the Psalms, Mm. which is an accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So the Psalms, man, so good, bro. You know, we talked about last time, yesterday, um, about how the the Psalms is broken up into these books. Right. 72 ends book two. Mm. 73 starts book three. And book one of the Psalms is primarily about, you know, confrontation, right? David is talking about, yo, the enemies are coming up against me, da-da-da. Right. Book two is about communication, right? So you see that the God that he's worshiping is not just God of Israel, but God of the nations, right? There's this communication between Israel and the nations. Book three is about devastation, right? right? Mm. Where you see the people will now begin, not in all of the songs, but in most of them, begin to raise questions, especially about God's promises. Mm. And here, this is one of my favorites, Psalm 73. Psalm 73. We've talked about over and over that one of the most confusing things in life, right, that the Bible presents over and over is not just the suffering of the righteous. Right. It's the prosperity of the wicked. Right, right, right. So my man here, he's like, yo... (laughs) No, no, no. Like, God is good. I right. know that. But for me, yep. my feet almost slip. Right. right. Because I see that people who hate God, who right. don't love God, are do- are living it up, are doing right. great. And it's rough for those of us who walk with the Lord. And right. so you just see over and over and over, he's just like, yo, like, the rest of us, <laughs> we can't even enjoy the fruit of our labor, right? Of our honest labor. But they enjoy the fruit of their wickedness. Yeah. Right? Like how... Like perplexing, confusing yep. is this reality, bro. And uh, yeah, he's just being honest with God. And I think I think the thing that's really dope is that he's honest with God in the context of worship. Right. Some of us think they're like, yo, I'm honest. I ain't feeling this right now. So I'm going to just move away. Right. I'll just move away from God's people, God's word and all these things. But I love what David does. Like he yep. presents this alternative. They're like, no, no, we can be honest even in the midst of our worship. Yeah. That's so good, bro. Yeah. And that worship is a time for us to draw close to God That's good. in sincerity, right? Yeah. So I think sometimes we think that if we're feeling some way about God, mm. we distance ourselves in sincerity mm. or we draw close to him with some God. Oh, I can't really be my real self because worship, I've mm. got to act like I'm all good. But he draws close to God mm. in sincerity. And I love this because it's a, Yo, envy is there and it's present, yeah. but you see David brings it to God. Yeah. He doesn't try to solve it. it. He doesn't try to solve it himself, yeah. nor does he try to act like it's not there when it comes to God, but he brings it to God. And we see uh, David in his bringing it to God is actually confessing mm. something about emotions, mm. right? That it's like, oh, no, 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 these emotions that I have got... I've really got to aim them to or at you because you're the one that controls life. Yeah. So I don't just say life ain't fair yeah. and aim my discontent. Just I don't just spread it out like a shotgun and say life ain't fair. I say, well, life isn't fair. Ah, but wait a minute, God controls life. God, I don't think that you're fair. And now I take all my emotions directly to God. And I realize that the mm. things that I feel 
are in and of themselves theological statements. Mm, yeah. And it's so good, bro. It's so much here and we could spend a ton of time, but I think it changes in uh, verse 16. Yeah. Right? He's like, yo, I tried to understand all this. Right. It seemed hopeless. Yep. Until yep. I entered God's uh, sanctuary. That's good. Then I understood their destiny. Right. And it's so good, bro, because it's our nearness to the Lord that always flips our perspective mm. right side up. Yeah. Right? Instead of having it upside down. And it's being in the presence of God shows us that the present realities for him is not the ultimate reality. It's not. Right? The present realities are not the ultimate reality. In other words, like, it's it's temporal, right? Like, even if they are, yep. it ah, don't really last. Yep. It don't last, right? Yep. And, man, it's just so many ways we could talk about this, but... So many of us wonder, bro, and it's just really hit me. So many of us wonder why our perspective is off, why we are on the fence about throwing out the faith and living however we want to live. Like verse 13, he's like, oh, maybe the whole walk was for nothing. Right. Like maybe, maybe I did this for no reason. Right. Like, and, and you know, the faith didn't get me anywhere. But what he's like, yo, he's just telling us like, ah, you ain't been in the presence of God. Mm. Right. You haven't been with him lately or long enough. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, I think it's good for us to remember, man, like those who don't, you know, want anything to do with the Lord, even though they may be prospering, we shouldn't be envious because they have something temporal. Right. And we have something eternal. Yeah. Right. Like what they have or what we have, we can't lose. Yeah. And what they have, they can't keep. And that's it, bro. The presence of envy exposes yeah. that what our heart wants most deeply is something other than God. That's good, bro. Because you only envy mm. something that can be outdone. Envy only mm. exists mm. when you have something and you look and somebody else has something better, Yeah. right? If, you, if what our hearts want most deeply is God, yeah. then we can look and say, oh, wait a minute, he can't be outdone. There is no something better mm. and therefore envy uh evaporates from our heart because the greatness of god dries up any possibility that it'll be there yeah amen bro yeah. that's excellent yeah chapter 74 it's crazy 74 uh you know it comes bro and you know many people have said that the psalmist again right this book three is questioning right coming to god with questions about his promises mm -hmm. right this psalm tells us of the destruction of the temple, the destruction of Jerusalem. Yep. 586 BC, when Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon come through right. and ransack the whole city mm. and the temple. Now, the temple is the center right. of Israelite community. Yeah. Right? It is the center of their entire life on earth in yep. the kingdom. And, you know, I couldn't read this psalm without thinking about the black church. Yeah. Right? Mm. In the 20th century, many have, have, have pointed out, rightly, that um, the black church was the hub of the community. Mm. That the center of the black community in the 20th century was the black church. Both Christians and non-Christian. Yo, yeah, absolutely. We'll say everybody will say that. Yeah, yeah that's right, not even right, right, disputed. Right. And uh, September 15th, 1963. Mm. Right, you have um, the bombing of 16th Street Baptist Church when they came and burned down a church in Birmingham, Alabama, and. Four beautiful black young ladies mm. died that day, mm. right? Mm. And the community, Addie Mae Collins, Carol Denise McNair, Carol Robertson, and Cynthia Wesley, and uh, the community was devastated. Mm. And the fact that 
black Christians still kept their hope in the God of the Bible. This is what I'm saying. Says something about their faith. Right. And you see what they, or not David, you see what the psalmist says here. God, my king is from ancient times, performing saving acts on earth. The same thing happened with the Israelites. Right. They still kept their faith in a God that saved them, even though the center of their community where they worshiped that God was destroyed. Right. Right. Yeah. And I just love it, bro, how he, he does that. And at the end of the day, like, it's so many analogies. And I'm not saying it's the exact same thing, but there are so many analogies here that I think we can remember, man, like, that even the destruction of, you know, uh, what was central to them didn't destroy their faith. Right. Right. And I love in this psalm, he's going to say that at the end of the day, God extends. And I want people to hear this. God extends and shows his power even when it seems like he hasn't remembered his promises. Mm. Right. He extends and shows his power, especially when it seems like he's went back on his promises. Right. right. And I think that's just a call to us to remember that, especially when the turmoil of life comes and hits us in the faith, that the destruction of the things that may be around us, the dreams, whatever it may be, yeah. it doesn't have to be the destruction of our faith. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about this song, too, is it's like. uh he is remembering the promises of God and the goodness of God, primarily in the way that God rose up to act on behalf of the oppressed, not yeah. just to give them what mm. they need, mm. but to humble the oppressors. And, mm. and, 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 and he's saying, Absolutely. yo, God, don't show, don't show restraint. Mm. Like, I don't want you to show res restraint <laughs> yeah. here, right? And so, you know, people think that, uh, um, people think that, um, a motivation for nonviolent retaliation mm. is rooted in being a pacifist. That's good. And that's not it. It's rooted in, oh no, I don't have to take vengeance because I know that God will, mm. right? There Absolutely. is something very comforting about a God who cares so much for the poor that he won't just slide things under the rug. And 74 is remembering God mm not just in how he provided bread in the wilderness, but how he delivered their people from bondage. Yeah, oppression, yeah. And it's like, yo, at the end of the day, he's like, nah, God, they mocked you. Yeah, <laughs> nah, right. nah, nah, they came against you. Right. right. They came against your place and your name. And so if 74 is calling on God to, to rise up yeah. against their oppressors and enemies, yeah. 75 is thanking God, right? right. That, mm. you know, he judges the wicked, right? And um, yeah, it's just this praise of uh, speaking to God about not just about, you know, Babylon or Syria, about all the wicked right. ever, right? Like yeah. that's, they rejoice in that. And I want to say this really quick. Old Testament, like in the Old Testament, when they thought about the day of the Lord, right. when they thought about the Lord coming in the future and showing up and bringing his salvation, it was, oh, the Lord is going to come and save us. Right. But our hope as well is that the Lord is going to come and judge the wicked. Right. The prophets are clear about this, yeah. right? It is two-sided. Now, the beauty of the gospel is right. that in the same event, yeah. God judges Christ in our place. We were the actual wicked people who needed to right, be judged. Right, right. And he saves us as well. Yeah. But also when he comes again yeah. at the end of time, there will be a day when God drives out all evil. And he uh, sets up his righteous kingdom on earth. Right. And this psalm is just speaking to that. We give thanks to you, God. We give you thanks for your name is near. People tell about your wondrous works. This is a reason to praise for the people of God historically mm. and for us now as well. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Psalm 76. Uh, God's got the power yeah. and the ability yeah. to stop evil in his tracks. Yeah. And it's saying, yo, do it, God. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. 
You got the power. You got the ability. Nobody's stopping you, so you mm-hmm. got to stop them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good, too, because in the last one, 75, he was like, yo, they're going to drink this cup. Yeah. Right? And the mm-hmm. cup in the Old Testament talks about, you know, the wrath of God. Um, and in 76, he's like, and you, you are to be feared. When you are angry, who can stand before you? In other words, you know, they used to say back in the day, like, ah, your arm's too short to box a guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, you can't you can't throw hands with God, big brother. Right. Like, your reach too short. And we used to, you yeah. know, growing up, kids messing around, yeah. kids getting a fight. And they was like, man, his reach long. So you don't really want to, if you got to grab, you got to get in and grab him <laughs> and slam him because you got to, you know, just duke it out. It won't work. Um, that's how it is with God's enemies. Yeah. Right? Mm. Their arms are too short. There's yeah. nobody that can stand. And he goes back to the Exodus. Mm. Again, we tend to think of the Exodus as, oh, they came out. No, no, no. Yeah. The Egyptians went into the sea right. that God's people went through. Yep. And so at the end of the day, like, um, I think it's, you know, again, we tend to think of the salvation that God brought in the past as a template right. for the salvation he'll bring in the future. Right. I think also the judgment that God brought in the yeah. past is a template for the judgment that will come in the future. Mm. And if this word man is not resonating with you i think you need to read and have more solidarity with Mm. people who are oppressed amen people who have had their backs beaten upon right you'll see that their hope too is one day that god will judge amen the wicked amen so god we pray that you would root and anchor our hope in you your goodness father would you remind us that uh, if you are what our heart desires the most we have no reason to envy because we have everything good father wrapped up in you i pray that security would help to anchor us lord as uh when the wind and the waves of oppression seek to rock our boat back and forth would you remind us that we have a sure anchor one who is going to calm that storm of oppression one that will set the world right one day and even if that day is not today father we ask that you would give us the patience to endure. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.